0: Here we go. Now we're ready. It's time for Cats Talk Wednesday. Small town and big city joined forces. Vinnie Hardy of Lynch, Kentucky, and Terry Brown of Louisville, Kentucky, team up to give you free-flowing, laid-back sports talk. Focus on Kentucky Wildcats, as well as pertinent information in the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball. Yo, know, and, and that's exactly what it is. I'm a small town. TV is a big city. This is Vinny Hardy, and this is Terry
1: Bland right here. <laughs> What's up? Not much, man. Yeah, my, my eighth grade yearbook. I was Terry Bland. I was I was hot when I got it. But me and my buddies, we we laugh at that now. I know you saw that. I sent up to my dude Ben. We've been friends since the first grade, so we always give me trouble about that. So, you know, I, I'm anything but bland,
0: okay? For real, for real. <laughs> so, and I, I saw that, and I had to go ahead, and for the old people, we ain't old, old, but we old enough to remember, and you old enough to know. I sent you that gif of Bobby Blue Bland, as soon as I saw that.
1: If you, you think you're lonely now, <laughs> wait until tonight, girl. Starting
0: all over again. <laughs>
1: Boy, we we have we we have reached granddad. We have reached uncle stage. We had uncle stage right now. We show up to family
0: functions. We had that uncle stage, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, you gotta be, You gotta be. Oh, you gotta embrace it. Don't fight it. Don't don't kick and scream and, and and try to resist it. Just just let it let it happen. What it, what it was it? Killborn on SportsCenter. Just let it wash over you. <laughs>
1: He now Craig Kilborn was one of the most underrated of those sports center anchors in the 90s. He was always like, you know, Stuart Scott, great Keith Oldman, Rich Eisman, uh, Rich, Eisen, not, uh, Keith Oldman and Dan Patrick. That was the duo, right? But, but, uh, you gotta, gotta give Kilborn a lot of credit. You know, he's not my Venus, he's not your Venus, he's our Venus. You know, it's, it's the Colts and Poot season. Come on now with it. So, I'm right there with you, man.
0: That's it. I'm going to get this link sent out because you don't got us a good guest coming up here in about 15-ish minutes, man. You got to tell, tell everybody on Anchor and wherever you get your podcast and those who want to watch on Roku, who you got set to come up in here in a few
1: minutes. I got Matt Sack. Uh, he's a youngster. He's a student at UK, and he's got uh, a site, Courtside Connect, and he's been covering the cast and putting out some really good content. So I thought, uh, as the uncles that we are, we I reach out to him, let him come on and and do his thing. But he's passionate for the cats. Uh, he sent me a message today. He said he's a little horse from the game last night. That game that went to OT uh, yeah. last night. Uh, so he's going to come on. He's going to chop it up with us.
0: Yeah, looking forward to that, and uh, I'm going to get his stuff ready as we speak. Yeah, overtime. That was yeah, maybe call a little people by surprise that because it was. You know, Ten to twelve double figures. You kind of keeping them at arms length, and then you know they got a little rally together. The next thing you know, it's seventy-two, seventy-two.
1: Well, the the bench got thin. I mean, I, I was looking at the stats. Uh, Severe Wheeler played all twenty minutes in the second half and all five minutes of overtime. Mm-hmm. And 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 Kellen Brady, uh played, I think, all but like a minute or two. So it was just uh, a, a really became a test of wills at the end. Now, the overtime was a different story,
2: mm-hmm. but, the,
1: but, but the guys were just gassed, I think. I, I think uh, the entry to Ty uh, Ty shortened that bench. De'Avion Mintz did not play well uh, on either end last night. He was kind of uh, persona andrada, and yeah. and so it kind of forces your hand a little bit. Now, Dante Allen came in and gave some good quality minutes which I don't know what Mississippi state has done to Dante Allen, but when he sees them on the schedule. He like, and last night he had that dunk over Oscar. Like, <laughs> so, uh, that, I don't know what happened with that, but like the cats showed a little bit of metal. Uh, they got some time to get healthy before they head to, uh, Kansas and everything. So, uh, I'm sure we'll go into great detail about that with Matt, but, uh, before we do that, let, let's talk about some football, baby. I've never seen a weekend like that. It was like the 05 Elite 8. Remember the uh, you know, the Kentucky game was a double overtime game, Michigan State. You got that Arizona-Illinois game in 05. Uh, you had uh, uh, Louisville and West Virginia that went down to the wire as well. All these great games. And we got that this weekend and I put it on social media uh, my 49ers defeated the presumptive MVP at, at home without an offensive touchdown the Bengals are going to their first AFC championship game in three decades right Tom Brady almost came back from 27 to 3 and the Rams got it done and all that got pushed to a side by about 7.30 Central Time because all eyes and I believe it was like 56 million people <laughs> watching the Bills and the Chiefs and both team, both quarterbacks just slinging that thing around there and just, just, just doing it. I don't know if we've ever had four divisional games quite like that. It kind of makes this next weekend anticlimactic, Almost because my team is still in it, but what a great, what a great, what a great weekend of games! And I can say it's great because my team won. So, uh, <laughs> if it, it, it wouldn't have
0: been as great if the manager had tricked it all. <laughs> I understand. I understand. No, it was, what, walk-off field goals, the a walk-off touchdown for Kansas City. Uh, I mean, you. Y'all went in there and just snatched it from the Packers. It well, was what? In the three, and then you block a foot? Well,
1: it, it was the craziest thing. So, the, the, that first drive, they never had a third down. The Packers didn't. And they just drive. It. And I'm like, oh. And the defense just looks in complete disarray. Offense three and out, we punt. I'm like, okay. Okay. Because we've seen Eric Rodgers get on this run. And then I don't know what happened scheme-wise or whatever, the defense just showed up and showed out. And then they get the blocked field goal after a Jimmy Key interception, right? And I think, I don't know if we texted or tweeted, uh, Jimmy is who we think he is, right? <laughs> I've, I've, I've said for the better part of three seasons, Jimmy gonna give you three. What you do with it as the other po- uh, opposing team is up to you. But he gonna give you three of them. That you gotta go get, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's up to you. So he throws that interception, trying to get it to Kittle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the Packers get that like 40-something yard pass up. They go down 14-0 at halftime. That's a wrap. Because offense ain't doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And block that field goal, I said, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> uh, and then the third quarter was up there when the snow started falling, cool, cool blocked the the punt to get the touchdown. I didn't see it. I'm tweeting like, and I got to give my case some credit. She said, they just need to go ahead and block this. And I'm at my phone tweeting. And then she said, oh my God, they blocked it. I look up, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And then uh, Green Bay gets the ball, three minutes left. And I'm like, okay because as a Cowboys fan you remember that game a few years ago where it's like you done gave Aaron uh, Rodgers too much time mm-hmm. week three of this season as a Wieners fan it was like a minute change I'm like you done give this dude too much time and he, he just misses. get the ball back and I'm like Jim just put the ball in, in Debo's hands like Debo got a first down kiddo got a first down that's all you got to do jimmy we ain't asking you to carve people up like this yeah. just literally put the ball in our best people's hands his best plays jimmy's best plays are short passes and let the guys work that's why putting Debo in the backfield works because she has like Debo's our best threat how do we just give him just hand him the ball just handle the ball jimmy that's all you got to do just hand him the ball and they they it out and I'm like man this is a long field goal it's cold and good as gold Robbie Gold comes out there boom and it's funny why is it funny because after that game Twitter was hilarious coming after Aaron Rodgers it's the one thing cause we're like what can unite us as a country Aaron Rodgers taking that L united a whole lot of people oh a lot of people oh I mean the the names, uh, you know. <laughs> my favorite was, uh, you know, we thought Aaron Rodgers had a shot. We thought that before too, <laughs> so <laughs> it was sweet. Cause like I told you, there's that video of draft day where he is like, the Forty ers they're gonna regret not taking Aaron Rodgers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I keep telling you. Not yet. 0 oh, and 4, the most postseason losses without a win for any quarterback ever. So, what has that done? It's taking the shine off Aaron Rodgers because with what he did this weekend, that that changes the legacy. Stephen A. ain't talking about he's a bad man to his 500 in the playoffs, and you're and, it, and it's not like it's Eli Manning where they sneak into the playoffs. They are going in as a top one or two seed. 49, I mean, this isn't all Aaron Rodgers for the last couple years. They lost the 49ers Lambo this year. Tampa Bay came in uh, last year. A few years ago, uh, it was uh, uh, somebody else beat them at home, too. Um.
0: Tampa Bay last year.
1: Tampa Bay last year. Uh, Colin Kaepernick a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, going into the frozen tundra, it's it's not like it used to be.
0: The Giants beat him up there too, didn't they? I know yeah. the Cowboys beat the Cowboys, but they went up there and won. Yeah, too.
1: yeah. Eli did. They won it. They won it overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think you know, because we were growing up, even though the Packers weren't great, you know, you couldn't beat them at the playoffs. Lambeau, they were undefeated. Yeah. But they're they're seven and seven since
0: to Michael and, Vick changed them there,
1: Right. <laughs> and it's been losing to Michael Vick, Eli Manning, Austin Kaepernick, and now Jimmy Key. It's not like, you know, it's In not like,
0: and, you know, uh, <laughs> Troy Aikman. And...
1: Yeah, it's not a whole lot of Hall of Fame. I mean, yeah, but the thing is, even last year with Tom Brady, Tom Brady threw three picks like on three straight possessions. <laughs> so it wasn't even vintage Brady that they lost to. Mm-hmm. So now, with the light, Aaron Rodgers looked a little suspect. He did all this talking about what the Packers were doing and not doing. Look, bro, you got to put up more than 10 points. I found a clip somebody had shared when they lost to the Niners in the NFC Championship game. And he said, we'll get home court, we'll get home field advantage. It'll be different. It'll be 20 degrees, it'll be snow. That's what you, now you done said what was going to happen. But then it didn't happen the way you said it was gonna happen. Hey, mm-hmm. hey, hey, Aaron. Yes. The issue is this. Omani Jones said this, it makes sense. When you have a team and you set it up where you want the quarterback to throw 40 times a game, that's not the recipe for getting it done in Green Bay. When it's cold, the quarterback is throwing a brick, the receivers are trying to catch bricks, the receivers can't run their routes like they should. It messes it up. You, you can do that kind of thing if you are Peyton Manning and the Colts and you play the Dome, you get whole field advantage. You're the greatest show on turf, or you are Tom Brady and Bill Belichick where it's cold, but not as windy. Foxborough's not as windy as some of the other places. And and, and and Brady ain't throwing it at Bob's Deep anymore. Uh, the best Patriot games or best best Patriot teams always had a running game. But if you ain't running the ball in Green Bay, you can't compete. And I'm like, this is an ugly game. Oh, it's an ugly game. This is a 49ers game right here, baby. This is a 49ers game. (laughs) You know, this this is, this is, it's ugly and people slipping, you ain't got your foot. This is when we had our best, baby. Mm -hmm. Because... The, the, be- the 49ers' best players on offense, of course, Debo Samuel, Kyle Jusick, and George Kittle. Basically, everybody else does the same thing every play, except those three guys. I mean, watch the offensive playbook. It's not that complicated. We'll put Debo here, use some act. Like, it, it's really not. But focusing on those three, those are the unique things that the 49ers bring. And like I told you, the 49ers don't run the ball. Like, we're not afraid to just let our quarterback throw eight times and just run this ball. Like, yeah. until you decide to stop it. So,
0: unbelievable.
1: the, the best part though, is they're lining up for the field goal. <laughs> I'm like, I can't watch this. Like, I don't know how it's gonna go. I step into the hallway and that's when the business says, he hit it and I come running back in. And that's when I have to film my video which they put on the, the 49's official account.
0: They were like, fans, submit your videos. I did that. <laughs> I'm viral yet again, baby. Um, that's it. That's <laughs> it. I think that's what I, did I put the... I think that's what I titled this episode. It's, it should be scrolling. I thought I put TV does again. Yeah, TV. Yeah. No, TV is showing out. But yeah. Well, you are showing out. But I thought I, I started to put TV does it again as far as going viral. You're showing out you enjoying it, and you've been loving Aaron Rodgers' misery uh, in the title game again against a team that y'all haven't lost to in, what, four years?
1: That, yeah, that's what's making me nervous. Now, uh, the thing I didn't realize, I've been over here, like, kind of wallowing in, okay, the 49ers aren't what they were in the 80s, right? You and I have had this conversation. But this is the fifth title game in 11 years. And,
0: and I was on I was on with Al High who was on vs 3 with us as well called the Casual Highlight and we'll probably have him on next week and that's what I told him I said we, we clown Jimmy G but he has been here before he's been to a Super Bowl I mean they lost it but he's been to the Super Bowl been to the Conference Championship game but this is Matt Stafford's first playoff run of any kind so I'm like and of course in my I'm going all heart here forget it because I'm, I'm happy the Packers are out now I'll be totally happy if the 49ers are out as a Cowboys fan that's just where I live if if, if your Niners lose then I'm, I'm enjoying the rest of the way but I I, I can't you know because we, we said last week with Ivan as a Cowboys fan we want both the Packers and the 49ers to lose that's just that's just how it is that's just the era we come from so but having said all that it's a, it's a lot of things that stack up in San Francisco's favor. You, you beat them six, seven straight times in a row. Just beat them to make it through the playoffs, to start this run. There, there was a, there, the experience and was, been there before. I mean, it's, it's it's a lot of stuff leaning to the 49. Yeah, it
1: I like it because, I'm going to be honest, I'll be just if up in loops. Let me just say that. But this is how it's funny because all we've heard is Jimmy G ain't that dude. You look at all the quarterbacks. Like you got Stafford, everybody loves sexy Joey Burrow. Everybody loves, you know, what Patrick Mahomes has done. And y'all got Jimmy G. And I'm like, let's just mess around with this dude. Like, we here. Let's just go ahead and do it. That's that's like, my thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm put something. Let me resend this email. If I put up dot. Um, or something I shouldn't have. Let me try that again because it's sad. But, um, uh, yeah, this, it's a lot. And look, <laughs> you, you went 2.0 on the oh, he's got one T at Matthew. Never mind. That's my fault. I put two T's. No wonder he didn't get it. Okay. Put Matthew and one T, and we'll be talking to him in just a second. But,
1: but, but you know, there's a lot of Packers fans like jay hazel in the big blue nation (laughs) and and he sent me a message he said we're not going to see that dancing video because that that famous video of me dancing was two years ago nfc title game and i said you're right we didn't see it i got a brand new one 2.0 remix baby
0: (laughs) (laughs) unbelievable man and yeah you you even you know spice it up a little bit more. Now, that didn't, that didn't make it into the 49ers. <laughs> the, 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 the,
1: the, shirt, the shirt lift got cut out. They edited it. They edited it right there. That's what everybody was saying, like, oh, they cut out the best part. Like, no, oh, they cut out. I don't know what I was doing.
0: I said, going tell you, he's feeling real good right now, boy. He, he feels...
1: <laughs> <laughs> and much love to my, my lovely wife who filled filmed by, by, with Kentucky Beat I went to Citrus Bowl. She filled me in the snow doing my catch cheer. She, she's, <laughs> she's putting in some work uh, to get to, to, to help me go viral. So yeah. uh, so that was great. Uh, I know we'll talk about the other three games because we could probably spend the whole two hours talking about just the last two minutes of uh, the Bills and the, uh, and the Chiefs because that was a
0: That was a game for the absolute ages. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And if Buffalo wins the toss, they win the game. I mean, more than likely, because nobody was stopping anybody. And I'm pretty sure Josh Allen would have drove them down and and, and done the same thing. It just happened that that Kansas City won the toss just like New England won the toss to beat Kansas City three or four years ago.
1: And and, yeah. and and New England won the toss in the Super Bowl. Like that's a game nobody talks about. Twenty eight mm-hmm. to three went to overtime.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure it is.
1: So mm-hmm. I, I I understand all the furor, but when that happened to the Chiefs uh, against New England, and the Chiefs were like, "Hey, we need to change this," all the other teams said, "No, we could. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. If it, if 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 someone proposed a fix and everybody said no, we good, I mean they tried to fix it. Nobody wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Now we can talk about it's bad, every the offense needs whatever, whatever. And that I agree. I would love to see that game keep going, but the Chiefs tried to fix it. The way I see it, this is the universe corrected itself.
0: Yeah. You. Mm-hmm.
1: you know, sometimes it be like that no uh i will say this though i was against a lot of the jokes that were talking about what patrick mahomes did with 13 seconds you know dap couldn't do with 14 seconds patrick Patrick mahomes had timeouts and 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 got the ball off the touchback that's a completely different situation than the middle of the drive. so i'm not going to jump on uh the cowboys and dap for that um I'm not getting on that bandwagon, but uh, look, somebody got to make a play on defense. I mean, that's 13 seconds. I I I can't feel sorry for you Mm. if you if you do that in 13 seconds.
0: Yeah, Yeah. top defense in the league.
1: I mean, I I I can't I I can't my sympathy. And and as fans, of course, we want to keep going. And, you know, people talk about, you know, basketball over overtime, baseball, extra innings. Football is different. Football is, is a thousand car crashes over the better part of three hours. Mm-hmm. And we can't just let these guys keep going. That's like, that's not, that's not feasible for short or long term. So there has to be some management of, we can't, we can't keep these guys out for the long term.
0: That's it. And... The aforementioned guest that we talked about is back in the green room, the Roku TV green room here on Cats Talk Wednesday. Right. And would have been in the green room sooner, but you know, I typed in the email wrong and, and put in two T's when it should have been one T. so, you know, he would have got it sooner, wouldn't have had to wait on me. That's my bad. We're talking about the host of the Courtside Connect podcast, Rights for Cats Coverage. We're talking about Matt Sack. Follow him on Twitter, at Matt Sack, BBN. Matt
1: Sack, what is up, man?
3: How are y'all doing tonight?
1: Doing good, Matt. Thanks for joining us. We certainly appreciate it, buddy.
3: I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to go talk some uh, sports with y'all.
1: Yeah. Well, we're going to jump off. We're going to start here. I know I got my 49 stuff on. I've already talked about that. But you were at the game last night, the Kentucky game against Mississippi State that went into overtime. Kind of walk us through. The, the second half kind of low and how the Cats rebounded uh, in 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 uh, overtime.
3: Yeah, so obviously, I think we were up around four to 12, 14 ish around halftime and then got it to as high as 15 at one point. And when we hit the 15 point lead mark, there was a We Want Shade Enchant that kind of started with about 10 minutes left in the game. And I'm looking around, I'm like, y'all, this is. This is not the time. We This is a serious basketball team that we're playing. We're This isn't 20 with two minutes to go against like a Vanderbilt or a Georgia. This game is far from over. This is not, let's try out Shane for the first kind of time. And I was correct, We our offense it went a little bit stale. It seemed like Davion Mintz tried to do a little bit too much on the offensive end, like we saw as much as he had to do last year and what he had to do when Saver Wheeler and Tante Washington went down in the LSU game and the Auburn game. Um, Sometimes he tries to play hero ball and sometimes that really worked, but sometimes I just, I wanna see him fit more back into like that role where he like compliments Saver Wheeler and Kellen Grady really well. Um, But yeah, our offense just really wasn't moving. We have a bunch of shot makers and we have shot creators, but we don't really have a guy that is going to go out and make a shot for himself like Wheeler will go and get shots for other people but Ty Ty Washington's that guy that's going to go and get a shot for himself on so the stretch Iverson Molinar was getting all of these buckets but we didn't have a guy to go and match it on the other end and I would say Ty Ty Washington's probably our best perimeter defender as well so we didn't have him to throw on Molinar but closing down the game Rupp Arena really helped this team out I mean making it really, really difficult for Mississippi State to run their offense. I mean, it was getting loud. I barely got my voice back in time for this episode. And (laughs) luckily we forced an overtime. And I think just Kentucky being the deeper, more talented team, being able to hit that reset button, being able to put five more minutes on the clock, a brand new basketball game, they're able to go back to doing what they want and just being the better team and running away with it. And
1: and, and that's what we saw. You know, the the whole thing about Sharks, is it's become this boogeyman, right? Like every it seems like every year, especially under Cal, there's always a boogeyman. Is it, is it Diallo? Is it Jared Vanderbilt? Is it you know? There's always just something. And to your point, Matt, you know, Shane Sharp in a game like that, it's going to be very hard to get him into a game at this point because they're all going to count and they're all against really good teams from here on out.
3: Yeah, I completely agree. Like. We have Kansas this weekend, and then the following weekend we go to Alabama, and then I think we're hosting LSU and Alabama, and we go to Tennessee again. So there's a lot of tough matchups on the road, a lot of tournament teams, a lot of ranked teams. I think for that reason, like if we don't see him at Vanderbilt next Wednesday, a week from now, it's gonna be kind of tough to put him in because I feel like that's our best opportunity, Vanderbilt at home. So I'm looking forward to that game. But again, if we don't see him, it's not the end of the world i thought we were a final team before him switching to um this year's class was even brought up as a possibility so i i just want to see the guys that we have on the court the five guys playing at a time and whoever cal decides to put in i'm going to cheer those five guys on and if jaden sharp doesn't play this year he doesn't play next year i just want the kid to do what's best for him and i, I love my team here's
0: the thing too um, Get this! This, this is that's the first time TV, and you you've been here, you know. This is the first time, Shaden Sharp's name has even been uttered on this show, because, I mean, why? We we've seen the build-up, we've seen the hype, we've seen this snowball just roll down the hill and get all this momentum and become an avalanche. He hadn't even, he wasn't even Lexington yet, and you heard about him. Now he's here. The music gonna play. He gonna play cal always says some stuff that sometimes you know we roll our eyes you take it with a grain of salt but he literally was saying look he's not up to speed and there's so much you know if if, if he comes in it'll be simple we have to do this to do that he stepped on the gas in practice he's literally said all this stuff that he's not quite ready yet and everybody's like whatever play him it's like they they ain't hearing nothing he's saying (laughs) put him in cal put him in (laughs) so it's just crazy how we like you say, latch on to anything. And that's just, you know, the fan base is always like that. Just latch on to whatever and speak it into existence and and lose your mind if it doesn't happen. And, you know, it's just how, it's it's always been that way. This is just another example.
3: Yeah, I think there's a point where it's just all good and fun and just speculation and being exciting about, being excited about the players on your team and wanting to see them play. That is one thing. We're getting to the point where it's like he takes his warm-up pants off the bench and Twitter's going crazy or he's wearing a different type of game sneaker so like oh are these the ones he's gonna play in it's like the man is just making wardrobe decisions and we're like over analyzing micro analyzing every little thing the kid does and that's just not fair to him he's just here to play basketball so once he actually starts playing again like i'd love to go in super depth talking about it but until he does i love my team and i'm happy with the guys that we got on the court playing yeah
1: this is a dated reference for you Matt, but Vinny, it's Way back to, is Rich gonna play tonight, coach? We're we're back to that kind of thing and and everything. So Matt, uh, thank you again for coming on here. So tell us about the kind of stuff you're doing uh, to cover the Cats. You're at the games, you're kind of doing your thing. Uh, You're writing and covering, you do great previews uh, for the games. I try to retweet them as much as I can. So how did you get started kind of doing what you do to cover the Cats?
3: I know we've talked about this before but before anything I am just a fan. I love watching Kentucky basketball play. I love doing everything in my power to help our team win. So like you said, I, I go to all the games. I show up as soon as I can to make sure I get in the front row of the student section. I'm standing the whole game. I'm cheering as loud as I can. I'm doing everything I can to help Kentucky win and um, Trace Terrell, the head guy over at catscoverage.com put something out saying they're looking for writers and he gave me the great opportunity to cover for them like the way that cats coverage works is they allow me to do what I want to do. They're, they allow me the balance to both cover the cats and still be a fan and allow me to express how I feel about the team and like our upcoming matches like everything that's needed to be so just perfect and you know like some articles like you need to put out completely factual stuff you can't always just put out your opinions or how you feel a team might play you can't put out predictions stuff like that but one of the big things i'm doing over at CastCoverage.com right now is actually doing scouting reports for every game where i'll watch like 10 plus hours of film of our upcoming opponent and i'll research their stats and do all of that and i'll just give my opinion on our opponent coming up and how I think we could beat them and what Kentucky has to do in order to win and maybe like a surprise breakout player we could see from that game so that's one of the big things I'm doing right now but also previously mentioned I'm the host of the Courtside Connect podcast it's just some game review podcast after everyone I try to be the first one out and not necessarily sacrifice quality for that, I feel like I put out a really good podcast, but I want to make sure when people wake up the day after a game, there is someone there to talk about last night's game with them, and that, that's what I want to do more than anything, just keep connecting with the Big Blue Nation, discussing Kentucky basketball, because I love doing that more than anything.
1: And and that's what drew, drew my attention to you, I'm going to give you a little bit of praise here, Vinny, uh, going back to that big brother, big uncle kind of thing, is... Uh Matt straight up, like you can tell from his previews. He's not he's not just going to ESPN and saying, okay, what did Andy Katz say? Or whatever. You can tell he's watching and putting some effort into it. And he's still a fan. Like Vinny and I have been covering the cats for a while, right? Vinny, I don't want to say how long it's been, but <laughs> whatever. But you can still be a fan, but still be objective right like you don't have to sugarcoat everything but you don't have to find negative in everything and the stuff I read of yours is a great balance of hey the cats going to Auburn is gonna be a game you know you say it on Twitter like Auburn's gonna do X Y and Z and Auburn did X Y and Z so so kudos to you, young fella you're doing great work out there
3: yeah I appreciate it and that's what kind of really makes it all worth it like putting 10 plus hours just for one game so you multiply it by two I'm probably watching 20 hours of film doing 25 hours a week on these scouting reports, plus a couple hours on podcasting, and works and stuff like that and what makes it all worth it is that it kind of get to connect with the big blue nation and people appreciate the stuff that i put out i'm not just putting it out there for people just to scroll past on twitter like i'm, I'm glad i could put out good information that the big blue nation can trust and respect and be dependent on to be accurate but also just be a, a Good quality read and not necessarily just be all just numbers and X's and O's and just factual information, but be able to expand a little bit on that. So I, I appreciate you saying that because that is at the end of the day why I do it.
1: Yeah.
0: Listen to the previous one, not the the Killing Grady episode, but the one with uh, after the Auburn loss with Tata going down. And you, you said the same thing on that episode you just said now. I watched 10 hours of film and, you know, I'm doing the scout reports and putting all this work in. So yeah man you uh it's good to see it paying off good to see people paying attention to it and oh uh, like T V said you you actually it's not you're not just throwing out crap after watching 10 hours you actually put out stuff that we can see happen based on what you've watched with all the film and, and then you present it in a, in a good way so man yeah good stuff and
1: and the thing is too like look you can you can't barely shake a stick without hitting a Kentucky sports podcast, let's be honest, right? But you can tell who's doing it to try to get on ESPN or try to be like KSR. You know, I'm not knocking KSR, but you see people try to big time. But what really attracted me to your work, Matt, is, and I didn't mean to turn this into a, a Matt Sack love fest, but. Uh, <laughs> yes, we did. But, but you're, but you're genuine with it, and so I, I said, "Look at this young fella doing his stuff out here. Uh, kudos, and Vinny. He's he's in the he's in the full uniform from head to toe with Arena. and I can appreciate a good I can appreciate a good church man. I can yes. appreciate that.
0: That's <laughs> right. Exactly right."
3: Yeah, I, I appreciate it guys. Just like what you said, like at that day, I'm just gonna be Matt Sack. I'm just gonna be a Kentucky basketball fan. And if five people wanna look at my work, if a hundred or a thousand people wanna look at it, I'm all I'm all happy with whoever wants to talk about Kentucky basketball with me, because we're, we're all here for the same reason the the big blue nation. We we love our cats, so
0: you born and raised in Kentucky? Are you from out of state or and just been a Kentucky fan?
3: Or? I'm actually from Chicago and So I was a big Derrick Rose fan. So I liked watching Derrick Rose actually at Memphis under John Calipari for a little bit, but I didn't really watch college basketball. I just kind of knew the name just growing up around the Chicago area. Of course he got drafted by the Bulls the next year. So seeing John Calipari get another top point guard in John Wall and filling out the rest of that class with Eric Bledsoe and DeMarcus Cousins, that was really my introduction to Kentucky basketball. And I really liked them. That was the first year I watched college basketball. And the next year, watching Brandon Knight and that turn around, knocking off number one Ohio State, that's where I really fell in love with the team. And of course, the following year, we won the national championship. So I applied to Kentucky, not really even thinking I would go here, but I came on campus and just fell in love with the college the same way I fell in love with the basketball program. So I've only been out here in Leicester for a couple of years, but it feels like I've I've been a part of the big foundation for pretty much my whole life.
1: Oh, that's cool. That is real cool. Make, make, making us feel old. He fell in love with the the, the John Wall and the Brandon Bank years. But
0: uh, <laughs> I was gonna say that, but I was like, wow, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: but but that's good. It's the thing I love about the Big Blue Nation. Everybody's got their entry point, right? Whether it's the Coach Cal years, the Rick P Tubby years for me and Benny, or the old hands that go back to Joe B. That's what makes Kentucky basketball different from anything else. Like, like Matt, we were talking about Blue Bloods on Twitter. And the reason I put Kentucky as the number one program and the, the bluest of the Blue Bloods is because of the fans. It's because of the fans. I'm here in Des Moines, Iowa. It's cold. I don't like it. But I have had my Kentucky stuff on. I have run into other Kentucky fans with a Go Big Blue chant. Like, you don't see that for everything else. When we say Big Blue Nation, it's a, it's a nation. That, there, there's no hyperbole there.
3: Yeah, completely. Like, I, I see people wearing Kentucky stuff out in Illinois. My girlfriend lives in California, like the LA area. We see it all the way out there. Obviously, every time we play Vanderbilt, it's like a home game because of how many Kentucky fans we have there. It, it, you're not exaggerating when you say it is a nation. We are huge.
1: One question. This news broke today. One of Kentucky's biggest rivals, and Vinny and I haven't talked about this yet. We're going to dab into it because it brings a smile to my face. Chris Mack is is out at Louisville. What are your thoughts on all that? Because I know you got some. So so talk to me about Chris Mack at Louisville.
3: As much as I enjoy the dumpster fire that is Louisville athletics over these past couple years. There's nothing I love more than the Kentucky and Louisville rivalry. So when Louisville is at their best, like I remember just a couple of years ago, they were like the number three ranked team in the country in the AP poll. And they came into Rupp Arena and we beat them in overtime. Like that is so much more fun than them just being an absolute dumpster fire and press conference meltdowns and players talking out on their coach and their coach saying I don't know what to do like, as funny as that is there to me I want to see Louisville regain just some sort of relevance so we can pick back up that rivalry where we could have two you called Kentucky a blue blood I feel like Louisville's kind of on that uh, borderline but two of the top 10 historical NCAA basketball programs when they're at their basketball and at each other, I think they're a better rivalry than uh, North Carolina and Duke. I think they're the best rivalry in sports. So, again, laughing at Mac is hilarious, but I'm kind of excited to get back to that. Hopefully, a new coach brings them some success and we're able to get back to a true rivalry again.
1: Yeah, the, the thing, I grew up a little fan, full disclosure. So, I grew up when they weren't even, they just started playing again. Like, they didn't play for Vinny, it was what? Almost thirty years or so. Yeah, yeah. from from like fifty nine to eighty three, they hadn't played, and at that point, Matt, you know, Kentucky wins in seventy eight, Louisville wins in eighty, and they're and they're not playing, and it was obscene. And then they start playing. All the teams are really, really good. Louisville stops being good, you know, the nineties. Kentucky's great, so it's rare that they've both been really, really good at the same time. So I'm with you. I'm going to get some chuckles off, but it's, it's, it's better if both teams are actually are actually pretty good. It actually means something.
3: Yeah, like going back a little bit, um, 2012, obviously, we won the national championship. Then the following year, Liverpool won the championship until it was vacated. And then the next year, we met in the final four. Or maybe it was the Elite Eight, but Rio Sweet 16, I might be blanking on it, but that was one of the most fun games ever with the Aaron Harrison three and just having two teams of this caliber, of that rivalry, going up at their best, and then Kentucky coming over the top, that is more fun than just watching a dumpster fire unfold with the U of L sheriff on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Oh the sheriff. Oh that guy.
0: They can't get out of their own way, though. It's, it's, as soon as they think they're clearing something or, or got something behind them, they, they run into something else. They un, unveil some other scandal. They they spill some other drink. It's, it's always something. It's continuous.
1: Yeah, And here's the thing about Louisville athletics. I could come up with any kind of story about what's going on in Louisville, and you would stop and say, okay, that's that's, that's possible. I can say, you know, like a dogfight ring inside the uh, football stadium, where the football games are playing. And you would go, that's crazy, but maybe, maybe that's the point that they're at. You know, when you have to say, I'm talking about the extortion attempt on one of their head coaches, and then you have to explain which one. That's the craziness that, that's there. But do you do you think, man? Do you think Bruce Pearl is going to leave number one Auburn and go to Louisville?
3: I would really like it. One, just because it would remind Auburn that they aren't as relevant as they think they are. Like every couple of years, there's an SEC team that challenges us and they fade away. Like it was Tennessee and with the Grant Williams and Schofield years. It was AM and before that with Alex Caruso. Um, Arkansas had a year or two mixed in there when they had Bobby Portis. But if Auburn loses Bruce Pearl, they're, they're kind of like this next team that's challenging us. They would go right back down to bottom feeders in the SEC. So for that reason, I think it would kind of be good. And I think Bruce Pearl would be a great fit. I'm not sure if he'd be willing to just with all his success he's getting at Auburn. But at the end of the day, Auburn is a football school. So for him to be able to coach at what I would at least consider a basketball school and historically a top 10 program and probably get as close to the Kentucky basketball head coaching job as he can get, because we know Bruce Bruce Pearl really, really wants that. At the end of the day, I could see him doing it.
0: Yeah, he, uh, you can see, you know, that he's done it twice at football schools. You know, got got Tennessee the number one when they played Memphis. Now he's done it again at Auburn. So, like you said, to actually be at a basketball school, uh, he, he would, it's like he would die and go to heaven and and be open at Cal and, and be right down the road. Yeah.
1: You are saying Tennessee's a football school. That's a very yeah, loose yeah. that's a loose term there, sir. Well,
0: they still think they are. Just like <laughs> Auburn just like Auburn thinks they're relevant right now. So
1: <laughs> And look, man,
0: all the arguing back and forth with the, the camp out and it's just another game, even though they stormed the court and, and you know, had a strip tease after the game and even Cal was talking about well, maybe if it was a big game, they'll drop their shorts. It, they were number two in the country when they played Georgia a couple days before. We ain't want nobody camping out for that. So don't don't give me this. We ain't doing nothing out of the way just because Kentucky's in town. We know being where y'all are. That's why they about lost to Missouri last night. They st- That's, barely. It. That's it got a little something with the screen. I think we got y'all back now. We got you. Are we good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just barely beat Missouri after after all that because they still have the Kentucky hangout.
1: But isn't that what happens when somebody beats uh, Alabama in football and like AM this year and then like the next game they, they, they lose to like some directional school? So takes it out of you. But uh, Matt we're not going to keep you all night but looking ahead for the Kentucky basketball team got Kansas this weekend uh what is your if you had a crystal ball what do you see for this team moving forward assuming everyone gets back to 100% healthy
3: well regardless of circumstances regardless if we are healthy or not being just the Kentucky basketball lover that I am I never think we're gonna lose a game. So in my heart, I feel like we're gonna win every other game with the for the rest of the season. But I truly believe that we could because that first 10 minutes of the Auburn game, seeing what Ty Ty Washington was able to do with the other guys full strength, to go into the most hostile environment in college basketball and face a top two team and absolutely hand it to them for 10 minutes before Ty Ty got hurt. It showed to me that we can beat anyone in the country. So at the end of the day, we're probably still going to drop another game or two. But I see no reason that we can't beat Kansas. I see no reason we can't clean up in the SEC. There's no team that I think we can't beat on a given night. I think we're that talented.
0: And you, you do all the scouting reports, all the breakdowns. The the play Tata got injured on. I think that's what we were about to get a dose of. They were about to get him singled up, switched up on Kessler, and he was fixing the cookie. And unfortunately, he came down on the ankle. But, you know, just like they were giving Kentucky a little trouble with him rolling to the rim, you know, they were getting to the lane and dishing and lobbing, and that was, you know, giving Kentucky problems. On the other end, they were going to get Kessler switched up on Ty Ty and just work that until Auburn took him out or did something different to keep that from happening? Because it was about to happen.
3: Yeah, I mean, Kessler is one of the best shot blockers in the nation. And I think Auburn, going into that game, was the number one shot blocking team in the country. And I don't think they had that many blocks the game. I think we actually had more blocks than them. I don't have the stat off the top of my head. But while Kessler was really effective on the offensive end, he was not as effective on the defensive end. And that's primarily what he does. He's that like Willie Cauley-Stein, Anthony Davis type, not nowhere near as good of course, but he does like to hunt down shots on the defensive end. And just Ty Ty Washington being able to break down the plane and just create shots for others or get to his floater. I mean, Auburn really would not have had an answer to that. And when that offense got a little bit stale going into that second half, I'm sure we would have put the ball right in Ty Ty's hands and said, hey, keep doing that, keep breaking them down. And I think that would have been enough to hold on to the lead and beat them.
0: And the shots that, like you said, we didn't mean to keep you, but here I am rambling you. The shots that Kessler block altered slash changed were primarily Oscars when Oscar was trying to go at him and probably should have been kicking it back out you know you you had some guys I could see Oscar wanting to be determined like okay he he got me I'm gonna go back at him go ahead and kick those out but those were the ones that primarily Kessler affected those point-blank ones from Oscar
3: Yeah, I agree with that as well. And I think Oscar still was able to get a couple shots off. Like we said, they were more altered than blocked. But if you take Kessler out of the paint to have to alter shots like that, whether it be Tai Tai or an Oscar, you're able to clean up on the offensive boards more yourself because you're pulling your best interior defender out of the paint. You have to go out and alter shots. Um, McCormick of Kansas is nowhere near as big of a defensive threat. I feel like Oscar is gonna dominate. I feel like Wheeler and Ty Ty are gonna get into the paint as they like. At the end of the day, I think in order to win, we just need to make sure, and again, there's nothing we can do about this. We need to make sure Kansas doesn't get any referee home cooking and get any terrible calls down the stretch. I mean, Iowa State a couple weeks ago, I remember watching this game, they were down one and they got a layup that easily hit off the backboard and then was blocked one of the more obvious goaltend calls ever. And it didn't get called and Kansas won the game by one. We saw all the calls they got in the Texas Tech game as well. So as long as we don't just get absolutely dogged by the refs, I think we leave Kansas with a win.
1: I'm digging. Well, that sounds good. Well, Matt, Zach thank you so much for joining us. Tell our folks where they can find you online.
3: Yeah, I am at MattSappBBN on Twitter. Um, I write for CatsCoverage.com and the Courtside Connect podcast can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and I appreciate you guys for having me on. I had a great time talking with you.
1: Thank you, youngster. Keep, keep, doing, the, keep doing the good work. we certainly noticed that. You young fellas, uh, that next generation coming up. So keep keep doing the good work, Matt.
3: Absolutely, I appreciate all the love, guys.
0: Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Matt. That's that Cats coverage in here. Hold it down for the for the up and comers, man. You're right.
1: Yeah, and, and like I said, I'm not trying to disparage, uh, you know, all the different uh, Kentucky themed podcasts out there, but look we know what it is right you know the ones that try to be like something else and so that's why i said let me check out matt i saw him on twitter let me see what this kid is about and he put he's putting that work in and, and you can you can certainly uh you can certainly understand
0: yeah for sure now this this might be the hill i might be willing to die on you, you know a few years ago i was you know michael Motor. that was uh, God, I just want to see him, see him doing well. I think he can. It's just there now. Is I'm feeling the same way. And we had Sean Vince alone. You had him hoops insight, and we talked about Topping a little bit. Jacob Topping, to me, is, is under the surface. The offensive game is is coming. It's not there, but the potential for it to be there is there. Now, there's a reason why you're open. There's a reason why maybe he's have looks. But if he keeps working, I mean, he popped a three last night. We've seen flashes. He's athletic. He's talented. You know, the other team's best player, you know, Paolo Banchero, who guards him, Toppin. Uh, Jabari Smith for Auburn. I think I mean, Topping should have probably guarded him a little bit more. But Toppin is going to get a lot of those. You know, he can guard a lot of positions. He's going to guard the other team's best player. But I think if the light goes off for him offensively, the potential is there. I'm maybe hoping it more than it's going to happen, but I I see it kind of percolating to where, you know, we might get a little something from Toppin' and everybody's like, oh, kind of like that Dante putback. Oh, we're going (laughs) to see see some offensive game coming more consistently from Toppin'. Maybe it ain't this year. Maybe it's on down the road. Closer to March, but I, I can I see just, I keep seeing flashes with young fella. Speaking of flashes
1: and, and, and young fella, Bryce Hopkins last night, uh, the block he had uh, at the mm-hmm. end of the half that led to his dunk, and he, he didn't get any run in the second half. And I'm not trying to second guess Cal, but that kid is showing some real flashes too. Like, he's not nearly as careless with the ball as he was early in the season, he's making some smarter moves. Uh, on the defensive end, uh, he might have one of those Marcus Lee moments, yeah. you know, where you're just like, where did that come yeah. from? Uh, so I think this team has the weapons when healthy. I agree with Matt. Getting healthy, we've the Kentucky teams that have been good have had a dude that can go get you a bucket, right? Mm-hmm. Whether whether it was John Wall, Eric Bledsoe, we had two that year. Uh, Brandon Knight and go get his own bucket. Mm-hmm. Of course, Anthony Davis is a cheap code. Anytime I see highlights of Andy Davis, I'm like, that dude is better than I even remember him being, right? Yeah. 2013, no dude. 20, 2014, Aaron became that dude mm-hmm. for the big shots. But really, Julius was, look, we need a bucket. Go get us a bucket. And it was Julius Randle. Uh, 2015 it probably should have been cat more than anybody else yeah. but you know 2016 we were as good as helis and Murray were gonna gonna take us right uh 2017 uh it became uh, fox and bulk right like dudes can go get you a bucket uh, 2018 it was it was shit, right uh 2019. It was PJ, but then PJ got hurt, and I think him getting hurt, even though he balled out against Auburn in 2019, uh, I think he became that. 2020, clearly, clearly 2020, quickly, Maxie Hagen's junior Nick Richards, clearly we had dudes. Last year, no dudes can get you a bucket even out of a set offense, right? Uh, but this year, with, with Ty Ty, uh, you got to pay attention to that dude. We saw him at his best against uh, Tennessee. So, in the first ten minutes against Auburn, he, he's he's a game changing dude. So get him back. We'll, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, because the the two row game is you know it is what it is. But you gotta you gotta give it an incomplete at LSU is an incomplete. Auburn was kind of a carbon copy of LSU because it was incomplete. Both times you have an injury bug. It's like that sometimes. But the backcourt goes out in Baton Rouge and at Auburn. Both times, But you're up nine at LSU down the stretch. And you go into Auburn and just start the game like like Matt said. You know, you punch them in the mouth. They are ready to go crazy. And the first chunk of that game, they're just sitting there on their hands because it's 17-7. to 7. It's 19-9. Oh, and, and Kentucky was in com- complete control. <laughs> but yep. incomplete because, you know, you, you saw the injuries. Tata goes out. And then you have Wheeler again, which, you know, call out those screens. It looks like they're going to get that rectified you know, because you, you lose your backcourt in two games on the road. So you get, you get those incompletes of what looked like they was handling business in hostile environments. So as long as this team is everybody on board and ready to play. You, you Like like Matt said again, you, you got to like your chances. And, 40 minutes.
1: And, and the thing about Ty-Ty, like Matt was saying, the defense, if Ty-Ty's in the game, that pick and roll with Kessler, I don't think works the same. Mm-hmm. Because Ty-Ty is a much better defender and he's bigger yeah. uh, than, than uh, uh, Dave Young Mintz. So, that changes that aspect a little bit of it, and I think that's where we really were kind of missing too on both ends of the court. And so, uh, you know, I love my team. Like Matt said, I, I think that they will do. Uh, uh, they better win at Kansas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> y'all going? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh man! Now how could look? Y'all all under that Midwest. Cold, right? I have Chicago, Minneapolis is forty below everywhere. I guess that's y'all up in that right now too. Uh
1: Yeah, it hasn't been above freezing in maybe two weeks. I, I mean, okay, it may have gotten like to thirty four one day or something like that, but I've never been this cold for this long. Like, mm. the, we've had snow and it hasn't melted because it hadn't gotten warm enough to melt. Like. They just like, look, it's snow, they you know, it can keep going. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I, I have fun with some of my friends and stuff on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Like, oh, look at the snow, and they'll be like, oh, it's so cold, it's 15 degrees. Look, man, <laughs> I agree, 10 degrees, 15 degrees, that is cold. However, I have learned. There's a layer below that Mm. when the temperature is minus five. Mm. When the temperature is minus five, and then there's always a wind. There's always wind here in the Midwest. So I think we were under a cold, a um, wind chill advisory because it was at minus 20.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, To the north uh, of us, they were at a wind chill warning. Cause
0: it was minus uh, thirty to thirty five. Now, <laughs> what, what's the brothers at the barbershop shop say about this? Like, were they born and raised in Iowa? Because you know the ones that didn't know Muhammad Ali was from Kentucky. <laughs> there are black people in Iowa. These brothers just used to this.
1: Yeah, they, they they're used to it. it's like the dudes in Chicago. You know, they throw on they thick jackets. And it, it ain't no it ain't no thing. But yeah. for me, for me, I'm like man, I, I stay bundled up. Like when I go out. I got my running tights, I put my running tights on, I put my jeans over top. Like, I'm layered up. Like, I don't play being cold. I just don't. Like, I don't, hey, like that. I'm always walking by the service staff team. Let me knock I mean, the kill off this little bit, you know? <laughs> I was listening
0: to, the, I forget what I was listening to today, I don't know, but, you know, they break in with the national news for a minute, and just the, the Midwest, the, the cold is just enveloping the Midwest. Be careful! Don't go outside. Don't be outside for prolonged periods of time. Frostbite can become a thing if you're out for more than half an hour. I mean, good Lord, have mercy! I mean,
1: whew. man, <laughs> uh, I forgot how cold it was. They said you can't be outside for ten minutes. Yeah, exposed skin in ten minutes in minus forty—that's a wrap. Mm. That's, man, it's different here. Mm. This, this is my whole thing. Yes, I moved here my own. Okay, but I can't believe that when America was moving to the west, right? We moving from Kentucky, the original gateway to the west. We going west. People stopped in the Midwest. Said, "Okay, we cool." The winter came, and they're like, "You know what? We're gonna just stay put because other people." <laughs> head to California like, you know, California just a couple of a couple of days ride from here. No, we could. I refuse to believe it. I don't believe like I don't believe Chicago became a thing. Like how Chicago third largest city and it stays cold all the time. Mm. How is that possible? Mm. I don't get it. These people are hardy. It's just that's why they eat casseroles. That's Mm. why Chicago's got deep dish. You eat something in your bones and sticks. Mm -hmm. You you, got to have it, you know, in New York, it gets cold. That's why they got to wear Tibbs and then boots and stuff because it, it it just gets cold, man.
0: And how far is Des Moines from Lawrence, Kansas?
1: Uh, three hours. That's it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, that was the thing. Like when, I saw, when I started putting that together, I was like, oh. Because, you know, when Kentucky played in Kansas, I guess, was that the Tyler Uless year? years at that 16? This last time at Kansas?
0: anyway uh, yeah because they, they came 17 yeah the, the arena and i was i covered that one and they came up short yeah
1: yeah so uh i, I said say, oh,
0: oh ground, okay.
1: <laughs> but i said oh okay that's a, that's a that's a that's a fun thing so yeah looking forward to that uh, i just want to see Fall out and field now because i've heard it's one of the you know it's one of those things that you have to see uh, now, depend on how things go, you know, I might have to fight my way out. But we'll see. <laughs> but now, look, I I I, I, I talked to uh, Adam uh, Jacoby, who we've had on the show, and he's like, "Man, I want to go to you know Rupp Arena." I'm like, "It ain't that great. Like Rupp Arena is great atmosphere. The building itself ain't that great. Like." I, as I explained to folks here, it was built during the mid 70s when people built stuff, and they had to do like five or six different things, right? Like, you know, uh, Three River Stadium and Riverfront Stadium and The Vet, where it's like, it's good, it's, it's good for not really anything. And, you know, we look back when we were in school and those Ruparita seats were. Like red and orange and the big red fence. Like, what? Is, what are we doing? That was like much them, better.
0: Look like all them shirts behind you when you went in there to sit down. That's right, man. It used to look, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, so uh, I think our our love of Rupp's because the teams have been good, right? Four national championship teams have played in Rupp Arena. It's hosted a Final Four. Like, okay, but it's not. You know, I'm sure that there's. Better feet used to watch basketball. I just, I'm, I'm sure of it. So I'm looking forward to kind of seeing that and, and going from there. So I'll, 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 I'll report back.
0: Yeah, yeah, looking forward to, to that. So starts at six, five your time, I guess. Five o'clock tip off your time. So y'all rolling up in there a couple hours early, like you like you like to do.
1: Well, I, I'm gonna try to roll for, for game day, but we we go. <laughs> We, we <laughs> there's, there's a lot of, lot of, lot of parts. A lot of parts. I gotta make this work, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm, you know, we'll look forward to it. Like, I, I've been through Kansas. Mm-hmm. You know, because we did go uh, through Kansas uh, on our trek to Idaho.
0: Oh, okay. okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> did we? I can't, you know, honestly, I can't remember at this point. I think we did, if not, we we saw a lot of Kansas stuff. But anyway, uh, so it'll 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 be fun, you know. Hopefully the Cats win because I'm ready to I'm ready to show
0: out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's gonna be fun weekend in Lawrence. So yeah, hope that.
1: Because uh... because hold on one second.
0: <laughs> Just the props. Yeah, some more. Because I would be like, oh, look, I'm
1: one of y'all. (laughs) And i will be like, ha-ha, Kentucky, ha-ha.
0: It's (laughs) him (laughs) to (laughs) pull. Jacques (laughs) Vaughn and everything. Yeah, I'm 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 going to blend in and be like, hello, fellow gay hawk. And I'm going, ha-ha. Wasn't wasn't it lovely when snoop was here (laughs) snoop and those strippers was lovely on the court
1: (laughs) but i i will say this uh the kansas jayhawks had one of the best shooting guards ever in college basketball history terry brown was the starting shooting guard of their 91 ncaa runner-up team he was their all-time three-point uh Uh, Shooter until I think it was like Jeff Bosch came
0: and and broke his record, but Terry Brown. That's it. Good name. Good name. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got to give a you know, we always end up talking about Michelle, our number one listener. Got to give a shout out to another one because I was going to give a shout out anyway, but Lacey Robinson, which we know her brother, Bo, because we go to Cameron Mills's. You know, parties and Bo would be there because he produces on the radio shows and all that. But Lacey was throwing out compliments because it was National Compliment Day the other day. And she gave us both wonderful compliments, to, you know, just kind words that she had for both of us. And then she also said she was asking how to get the show. She's a fan of the Locker, she listens to the Rick Gabriel show and all that. She was like, How do I get your show? Talk about us. And I just went through the whole Roku spiel. You know, type in Roku, type in bs 3 in the search. She's like, I don't have Roku. I'm like, oh, well, just, you know, Spotify, heart you know, wherever you get your podcasts, you know, all these different other platforms. Because I guess she wasn't aware you, you could just listen to us. So she downloaded us on Spotify. So we got ourselves another listener, Lacey Robinson. So shout out to her for downloading us.
1: Absolutely.
0: Hey. man i gotta ask you um i think it was the athletic i saw it we hadn't even talked about it but it was frank vogel the report was he was getting evaluated game to
2: game
0: now I, he he just won a title in the bubble and things ain't going great this year I, I don't i don't know if did he put a gun to their head and make them put this roster together I don't know. But game to game, his ice is that thin that, like, that's like the Luke Walton treatment when he was in Sacramento, ain't it? We're hey, we, we, game to game, Frank. We just don't you out and see what you do from a game to game basis. That's he that's, pretty much a lame duck.
1: Well, I, I think with that, is the, the biggest issue is yes, the roster isn't great. But the feeling in Laker Nation is Volk has got to do a better job with his lineups. Mm. Who's out on the court at the same time? Because Russ is shooting like he's got his eyes closed, (laughs) some of these shots. So what lineup does he need to be out there with? That's the thing now they won last night at Brooklyn yeah. uh, I know KD didn't play I don't think Kyrie played but still uh, Brooklyn is uh, Brooklyn so I think having AD back helps so the, the the consensus is give him some time with Anthony Davis work him back he played 27 minutes last night try to get him back up to speed and, and see where they are because as bad as they have been they are still the eight seed and still within like 3 or 4 games of, of the four seed like they're still not completely out of it. Yeah. so it's the, the, the consensus is look get to the all star break get AT healthy let's make a push to get out of that play in game scenario and, and see what happens because is this team, it, are they good enough or can they be good enough basically to beat the uh, the Warriors or the Suns? That's the question, right? Uh, right now, no, they're not. But can they get there? Yeah. Because again, remember, the Suns were on the ropes last year. The Lakers were up two games, another, and we're up in game three, and then the injury's happened which, you know, injuries happen, I get that, but as we were talking about Kentucky with the full complement of players, so it's not like they're that far off. Now, the roster's a little bit different, I give you that. Uh, Malik Monk was on a hot streak. He's kind of cooled a little bit, but uh, if he can get going again and Russ can stop hitting the side of a backboard, like, I look, I, I'm not an idiot. I don't understand how you can be on the left side of the rim and shoot and hit the right side of the bat. I don't, I don't know how physics, how that works. How can you be, how does that, but whatever, uh, with Russ. So, uh, LeBron has been playing well, but how long can you keep that up? We, 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 talk about, you know, Tom Brady and all this kind of stuff, but at some point, Father Tire comes to cash those checks. Mm-hmm. So that's why Vogel is on dead ice. You know, yes, he just won a title a little over a year ago, but in L.A., that's how it goes. You know, Mike Brown got, what, a week? You know? <laughs> that's right.
0: Now, you said Russ is shooting like he's got his eyes closed. Now, have, have y'all not seen the first 10 years of his career? Yeah, you know, I mean, yo, this ain't surprising anybody. Is I mean, he he does he does go through this, you know, struggle from the free throw line, trying to hit that bank shot, and I knew what y'all was getting right, Jeannie. I mean, you seen?
1: Well, yeah, but but this was this was done uh, for for LeBron, and the the thought always has been. If you got LeBron, you can figure it out. That that has been the conventional wisdom. Because if you look at other players before and after LeBron, their weaknesses are clear. Like Chris Bosch was good, but he wasn't. I can take a team deep, deep into a playoff good. Like I know Dwayne, Dwayne Wade had that cred. I, I know Dwayne Wade had that 06 championship. But look at what Kyrie was doing in uh, in Cleveland before LeBron, right? So the thought, my thought was Russ would pull back a little bit. But Russ is going to be Russ. The thing that's always been his saving grace is he gives you 100%. Right? So again, yeah, you know what you're getting, but you hope that Sometimes a round peg will fit in a square hole, and I, and I told you when they signed him, like, look, they got a title in the bag with LeBron, right? We got the one. Let's just try to figure mm-hmm. it out. This is this is the same thing of uh, uh, bringing in Dwight Howard and Steve Nash. Did it work? No. Okay, we're the Lakers. Uh, it's you know Shaq and Kobe. You bring in Gary Payton and, and, and Carl Malone. Did it work? Uh, All right. Keep like, so it's the, it's the younger fans that have been scarred by that drought. They're panicking. And the old heads like Mm -hmm. myself are like, bro, you ain't got to panic. Like, you ain't got to panic. Like, LeBron is here now. We will get the next generational dude. Like, I don't notice. I don't notice. I don't know what else to tell you like we're cool. Like I keep saying to, to you, in my forty-four years, the Lakers have eleven titles. Like it's it's, it's cool, fam. And that's with being terrible for a decade. That's being <laughs> terrible for ten years. It's absurd. So uh, it's the young heads that that are kind of freaking out. But in the big scheme of things, if it doesn't work this year, we'll be back.
0: That's true, and the sad thing is you're you're right. You know, can't even can't even argue with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, and people told when I when the Lakers were terrible on Twitter, when they were starting Tariq Black and Robert Sacre and Ronnie Turiaf and all those teams, and I'm like, this is this is painful to watch old Kobe with these dudes, and I and I and all the young folks with the with the with the, with the they suddenly became Warriors fans. Like, blah, 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 the Warriors. Like, all right, the Lakers will be there. The Lakers won't win again. And then what happened? So, yeah, I don't worry about that. I I, I don't worry about that. I, I've been paying attention to the Lakers, obviously. But, you know, for, for my money, they'll, they'll be back. We knew what Russ Rush was. We knew what uh, Carmelo was. He's not the same player he was in Denver or even New York or even Houston or even Oklahoma City or even Portland. I might be missing the team. I think he got them all. I was like, he going to get them all? He got them all. <laughs> and I keep saying it, but the Lakers' whole thing of give us two dudes, we will figure this out.
0: That's true.
1: You know, uh, because what's to say? You know, LeBron moves on in a year or two or whatever. Uh, with Anthony Davis, if he can get back on track, he's he's a star. That's attractive to somebody else. Like I don't know, you know, who else might be out there that might be like, hey, yeah, get me out of this bad situation. I'm gonna go to L.A. I, I don't, you
0: know, mm.
1: that that could be out there.
0: Mm. And yeah, it, we're not even to the All Star break yet too, which is crazy. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of time and to still fix and, and tweak and do all that because it's, it's not even All Star break yet.
1: And, and you know, I understand my Lakers are like your Cowboys. They they, they move the needle, so everything gets dissected to the nth degree. I, I I get that, <laughs> but. <clears throat> Most Lakers fans I know that I follow are like, man, we'll get it together, ain't no thing. Like, unbothered by by all this. And again, I, I keep saying it: the Lakers' whole, the way they operate, is the most successful way of any franchise. Do you see, do you see what's going on with the process. Your old GM Daryl Morey. He not gonna do anything with with Ben Simmons and he's wasting healthy MB who's putting up numbers. Dude, you gotta do something. These windows open and shut. Like what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You gotta do something. Uh you look at uh what Boston is doing, Tatum and Jalen Brown alternating fifty point games against <laughs> dudes, they still sub five hundred. Like, what are the Celtics doing? Right,
0: Uh, Mr. Neil Long up there coaching,
1: yeah. Uh, the Clippers, I don't know if you saw this, they came back from 35 point down to win, was like the biggest halftime deficit ever overcome in the NBA in 40 years or whatever. Good for them, good for them. I mean, yeah, you know.
0: What they say about Luke Kennard? It was some abstract stat about Luke Kennard. The first
1: four-point play with under five seconds left in the NBA since, like, 2002.
0: Like, Howie Schwab didn't even know that.
1: You know what? what? It's good for them because whenever you see what's going on with the Clippers, this is as good as it's ever been for them. This is as good as it's ever been. This right now is their best ever. Is as good as the kids. The, the Schwab didn't even know that. Who,
0: who know? Who even looks that up?
1: Man. Yeah. Whatever. My disdain for the Clippers. It is just, it's so dismissive. And it burns them up. Because they're never gonna be LA's team. It's like when the when the Texans became, came into an existence, and old Bob McNair, I think, said, you know, that they were gonna rival, rival the Cowboys. No, you're not! That's dumb. Like, you're not rivaling nothing. You know, uh, like Brooklyn, they got all those dudes. But all of New York would rather watch the (laughs) fifth scene. (laughs) They would rather watch the fifth scene with Julius Randle. And I ain't knocking Randle. Love Randle. But he ain't KD. He ain't hard. He ain't Kyrie. But New York will turn out for Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. Because that's just how it works, man. Like this Sunday, SoFi Stadium in L.A. is going to be red again. Because the Rams ain't got no fans. All these teams that move around, you ain't got no fans in your home.
0: It was so much red, and it was it was way more red in Arlington than I was hoping for. It's because, I mean, we know the Cowboys travel. Y'all do, too maybe yep. maybe ain't Steelers Cowboys level but it was way too much red in AT&T Stadium and y'all you know saw the shirt but
1: yeah when Matthew Stafford, after the week 18 game which the Rams were leading 17-0 by the way when he said after the game they the Rams had trouble on third down because of crowd noise that's a wrap 49ers <laughs> tourers, like got him Mm got him got (laughs) him because before they even beat the Buccaneers they had geo-blocked everything from Northern California couldn't buy tickets to the championship game oh wow they unfroze it because people called them out but yeah (laughs) so there's gonna be a lot of red there so that's not gonna be an issue that's not gonna be an issue but let's go back to football for a minute we didn't talk about all the games I talked about my Niners um Good for the Bengals. Like Joe Burrow, he's got the folks in the Queen City, he's got to believe it. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got them happier than some of that cinnamon chili with noodles on it. They are excited about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And good for them. <laughs> <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> they they finally overcome the TB curse. <laughs> Let it be known, after Super Bowl 23, I was the only 49ers fan in my school. Mm. All the Beagle fans gave me grief. <laughs> I said, Jerry Rice is good. Well, we got Nikki Woods. They know Nicky Nikki shop. Nikki Woods is cool. And Boomer Size is cool. And Cincinnati is cool. I said, okay. <laughs> Bet. Bet. So, yay, verily, came to pass. 49ers won. Bengals didn't win. I said, the Bengals is terrible. And they didn't win another playoff game until I moved out of the state of Kentucky. So I'm not saying <laughs> but I am saying the curse has been lifted. Good for y'all since then. Uh, The problem with Tennessee is you get one of these quarterbacks, you pay all this guaranteed money to, and you feel like you got to do something with them. Right? So you got Derrick Henry, you're running the ball this is why I like Kyle Shanahan sometimes, because he gets cute. Super Bowl, he got a little cute. But against Green Bay, uh, this year, in the 2019 NFC Championship game, we just gonna run the ball. Y'all ain't stopping it. We cool with it. We just gonna run the ball. But if you got one of these $40 million quarterbacks that that, that Tannehill is, you gotta get cute, and you get cute, and you get burned. So props to the Bengals. Uh, Burrow got beat up, nine sacks.
0: Like, Dude, if they don't draft him some old linemen or get a free agent or, or something, because uh, he, he got killed. I mean, he 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 got up and you know he wasn't fussing or whining like some quarterback. You know, Peyton Manning would have been like chewing somebody out, Just <coughs> and everything. Yeah, I think Dan Marino used to get in his o linemen's behinds too back when he would get hit but you know give credit to burrow he got up and already doesn't come off of torn acl last year as a as a rookie or you know, whatever and uh, but going back to tennessee <laughs> you know, Derek henry's coming back and first play of the game you're gonna hand it to him nope we're gonna we gonna make him think we're gonna give it to him we gonna we're gonna throw we're gonna throw this pick to start our reign as a top seed in the afc we're gonna throw this pick against the Bengals, who just won their first playoff game, like you said, in 30 years. We gonna we ain't gonna pound King Henry. We're gonna throw a pick. So Cincinnati got the ball to start both halves, essentially.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, you can you can outthink yeah. what, what your strong suit is, and 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 coaches do this all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh but just just run the ball. Just run the ball. Uh and 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 win the game. I mean, that's that's now, that last interception he had, it was deflected, whatever, whatever. But yeah. Why are you passing? Pound the rock. Mm-hmm. Pa- pound the rock. So, you know, Tennessee's got some soul searching because they've been at the top uh, of the AFC the last few years. But
0: they I'm have Julio, that was, you know, and to bring in Julio and Henry and how defense is going to do. They Oh, and it just. Both number one seed just just get out of here.
1: And, yeah, and, and if you if you look at uh you you look at the AFC and you're Tennessee, you've got to be like okay, because uh, uh mm-hmm. Pat Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. and the Chiefs mm-hmm. they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. The Bills are going to be a problem. Oh. The Bengals appear to be a problem. Oh, if, if, if the Ravens stay healthy they're a problem Herbert is a problem yeah. Out, uh, I was going to say San Diego but they're Los Angeles now too Yeah. So, but if you're the Titans how do you get better?
0: because mm-hmm. you know, Julio is great but he going he to miss like like Jimmy going to give you two or three Julio going to miss some games he's he been doing that for f- a few years now even when he was younger and Spryer in Atlanta, he go he go miss four or five with a hammy or a, a wrist or something. So
1: and and, and like I, I I told you know uh, Wu Tang Dave, Dave's a good friend of mine. He's a Titans fan. He was in one of the end zones of the game, so he had front row seats to that. He was not happy. But I understand that Derrick Henry appears to be superhuman. But you start looking at all those dudes that have a lot of carries. Like dudes that have those three hundred carry seasons, and the steep the the the, the drop off is steep because Jamal Lewis had that two thousand yard season. Rat, uh, Jamal Anderson for the uh, Falcons is a rat. Like there's a shelf life for running backs that if if they're getting those carries, yeah, they're big, they're strong, but. With running backs, it's a steep decline. Like it is it is a drop off that you don't get, I think, in other positions. You know, because in other positions you can be crafty and get it done. Yeah. But running back, if you miss a step, you get you get smoked. Mm-hmm. Like that like that's the thing is uh you saw that, you know, with Emmett Smith, like we got this hole open, but if you can't hit it, you know. So, if I'm a Titans fan, yeah, Derrick Henry, I know his, his carries, even his carries this year before he got injured, were ridiculously high. Like, like you can't do that,
0: right? Yeah, he had he was gonna pay for 2000 this year, In like eight games, he had like 937. Yeah, yeah, so and we're starting to see it with Ezekiel Elliott, Cowboys fans. I mean, you, Tony Pollard is, you know. Cheap, yeah, this contract is pennies, and you got Zeke, the nine million dollar man, who ain't really been that explosive for the past couple years. He came in fit and in shape, and then you just still don't see the dude that was hurtling people two or three years ago and got track speed. And his mom was a track. You know, he ain't that dude. Ain't been there for a while, and it and, like, yeah, it, it, it it sneak up on you fast.
1: And, and you know it, it can be with running backs it's that cumulative thing
2: mm-hmm. like
1: uh, against uh, the Packers again in the NFC Championship game, Raheem, uh, uh Raheem Mostert for the 49ers set a playoff record for rushing yards uh, in a, I think in an NFC Championship game but set a record dude ain't been healthy since mm-hmm. like it, like it's just one of those things banking on a running back to stay healthy just it's, it's not a smart decision and then you you're stuck with taking it. Oh. That's uh, now flipping to back to the NFC uh, the Rams I, 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 watching this game I, I told the business I said I'm concerned I would much rather see Tom Brady than the Rams. and my thing was being the team, being the team three times in one year is hard yeah
0: that's true we had Kenny Walker on here and they they beat LSU three times in a row and then lost to him in the tournament because they were trying I to lost yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It just the the at some point the streak ends. Mm-hmm. So uh but looking at how how they play, the 49ers strengths counteract what the Rams like to do. Uh, the same way, this is how the 49ers have have been successful everybody's got these fancy quarterbacks they want to pass, the 49ers say we will get after you Bosa and Armstead these dudes are going to be in your pocket all day long and every good quarterback they get happy feet it happened to Dak this year, happened to Aaron Rodgers you know happy feet they're, you're not seeing what you should be seeing. That's how the 49ers have been able to do it. And they, again, they run the ball. They will have a four, five, six minute drive. That doesn't bother them at all. And that's how they've been able to, to handle the Rams the Rams, they've had golf. They've had Stafford. They want a pass. They got Cooper Cup, right? Got to get it to Cup. Well, you cut down on the number of possessions and you make them press. That's how. Uh, and I can't think of our guest we had on last week. Oh, Ivan Dawkins. That's what he was saying. Uh, when he, that the 49ers, uh, when they were down 17-0, kept running the ball. Like, we're not changing what we do. hmm Right? We're going to keep running. If Jimmy G don't turn it over, we're going to be good. Yeah. So, uh, but looking at the Rams, they tried to give it away. Now, Stafford... Made some plays, Mm -hmm. but uh, the the problem I have with football in general is the quarterback worship. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, the quarterbacks get, get everything, and that's not always the case. Like, last year, it was Tom Brady going through the playoffs. Tom Brady was terrible until they got to the Super Bowl. And then he was mediocre. Like, mm-hmm. Tom Brady was not great. Like, the best Brady is, is seven years ago. Was um, so, Tom Brady had one good drive against the Rams. <laughs> now, did he make throws when they got turnovers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this wasn't Tom Brady carving anybody up like the old days, right? So, they got that. Uh, Matthew Stafford has been serviceable. I'm happy for him. Uh, I think it's good to see that Odell Beckham Jr. was not the problem in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Now, Cleveland, like Tennessee, got to do some soul searching. Yeah, boy. T- they've got some dudes in Cleveland that they need to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's just that simple. But uh, the Rams... I I think when you look at uh the Rams defense as a 49ers fan, I'm not terribly concerned because the 49ers have a scheme that neutralizes Aaron Donald. I, I didn't say beats him, but neutralizes. Mm-hmm. A lot a lot of pre snap movement. Is the ball going to Devo? Is it going to Elijah Mitchell? Is it juicing? Like the 49ers, those three dudes I told you about give these give defensive fronts of opposing teams a lot to account for. And I know everybody loves Travis Kelsey. We'll get to that game. But my dude Kittle loves to block.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
1: he's a tight end that will block as well as go out and pass a uh, pass catch. So, uh, looking forward, of course, I'm picking the 49ers to win, obviously. But it should be a good game. Uh, you know, uh, as you said, look, Jimmy G's been in this situation before. Mm-hmm. Shanahan's been in this situation before. Uh, Matthew Stafford hasn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. hasn't. Cooper Cup hasn't. So, I. I think that plays into it a little bit. Again, I'm I'm a Hover. You see my shirt? I'm wearing my 49 ers shirt. I got got my Jerry Rices uh, uh, behind me. Uh Uh, So I I think the 49ers can still win because I think they'll buck it up just enough to pull it out. You know, the thing is, everybody dislikes Jimmy G. Everybody's got the Jimmy G jokes. The thing is, the team loves him. Because, yeah, he's going to give three balls that you're like, what are you doing? But he's going to do just enough to get the ball to Debo, to get the ball to Kittle, to make a deep throw to Ayuk, uh, where well, you're like, okay, we can win with this guy. We can <laughs> win with this guy. I mean, as crazy as it sounds, I know this 49ers defense isn't like that Ravens defense, but they are confident we can figure this out we need a special teams two blocks <laughs> block a field goal block a punt like they, this team just feels like look down 10 points we good like there was there was no stress. they're just because they they uh, the 49ers have put out like sidelines video down seven it's snowing all good baby it's cool. all good like cool. we'll figure it out Office can't do diddly poo don't even worry about it Holmes. we yeah. will figure this out and you know I don't get all this you know team and atmosphere but that goes a long way because the team believes number one you don't have anybody playing hero ball the defense keeps playing the defense because like they don't nobody's out here freelancing that they feel they have to make a play because they believe in what they're doing
2: hmm
1: and, and that, to me, is the mindset that Shanahan has brought to the team. Like, we're good. We, you know, we got this. You know, it, 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 it takes me back to, to Joe
0: Montana. They are literally like, these 49ers are literally like you know, Ali when he was fighting Foreman. And he says, is that all you got, George? And Foreman was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Because they, they will take everybody's shot. it's snowing like you said it don't matter we're gonna do what we do we're not gonna panic is that all y'all got yeah that's that's pretty much all we got and that's kind of how they are they just take absorb it and and just keep on going so i'm gonna pick the rams but it wouldn't surprise me it shouldn't surprise anybody at the 49ers going there and win and and we got a divo we got a diva like did you see him doing all this we saw him up close and personal at south carolina and, you know, we've, we've seen players from colleges we don't root for go to our pro teams, and, of course, you root for them. Did you see this coming from Debo when he when
1: he went out there? No, no, because, so, I I like the way, the thing about uh, Shanahan and his offense that, that we're running here is it's perfect for Debo. Because like I said, out of the base formation, you can run it with Jusick. He comes back as a fullback. and you can motion Elijah Mitchell out. You can put Debo in the backfield with Jusick, pass out of that formation. Like Debo, he's not the best runner. He's not the best receiver, but he's good enough at both that he puts pressure on the defense. Like it, if they come out five wide and put Debo on the backfield, now you got a problem. Because now you know, so because you got Kittle and you got Juicing that can come back. In. So for for me, I didn't think Debo was going to do much when we drafted him. You know, I, like we talked about with Matt sacker Like I will kind of worry about like who's playing, who's doing what. But once they decided, oh, Debo going to do everything, and then he's returning kicks. Like, just give Debo. It's like, you know, when you play in Little League, there's that one dude that's just good at everything. And it's just basically, you give him the ball, the other kids just kind of, you know, do whatever. That's what it's like. You know, when, when the 49ers need to play, they go to Debo. Sure. So really. You know, should have had that first down uh, in Dallas to kind of wrap it up. You know, uh, when they needed the third down, they needed to get in field goal range in Green Bay. Uh, number 19 here you go yeah, yeah really. uh, I've, I've already told the misses like look the 49ers go to the super Bowl i'm gonna get a debo jersey and you know i got a bunch of jerseys when it 15? comes to 49ers i only got the i only got jerry
0: yeah
1: no no montana no no nobody else i'm gonna put Debo.
0: As my number two all-time forty-nine, over Ronnie Lott, over Montana, over over Brent Jones, over Burton Hanks,
1: yeah,
0: over Charles Haley, yeah,
1: yeah, over over Patrick Willis, over Ricky, yeah, Ricky Waters, yeah, yeah, yeah. Debo is becoming
0: that dude. They get the Super Bowl, man. Over To. Over J.J. Stokes? (laughs) J.J. Stokes.
1: The funny thing about J.J. Stokes is, I want to say he was like inside the NFL, one of those shows uh, when he got drafted. And I just remember, he is like at the 49ers minicamp or something like that, the receivers doing whatever. And he was talking about something about receiving. And Jerry Rice gave him this look like, (laughs) <laughs> that's what I knew I was like, oh yeah, that dude ain't going down. Okay, that dude, alright <laughs> Terry gave up the look, I was like, alright Alright, alright, Jerry Alright, Jerry Alright, so the other, thing game of the weekend Like I said, those other three games And like, those were great games Beat the MVP At home Holding 10 points, that's great Cincinnati Going to the AFC Championship game For the first time in 30 years, that's great. Uh The finally sending Tom Brady on the Rams, all this kind of stuff, that's great. Couch
0: Brothers, Rogers and Brady, Couch Brothers.
1: <laughs> that's what I love about the culture is Tom Brady catches slander and he's had seven Super Bowl Rams. That blows my, like, <laughs> but that's yeah. how, Gotta get him when you can, boy. <laughs> you know, and all these kids know about Michael Jordan's shoes and crying Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I knew the Bills were ready to play when they went for fourth down twice with that opening drive. Mm-hmm. When they said, "Oh, we here," and I said, "Okay, okay, let's see what you got, Josh Allen," and he delivered. Because yeah. the chief said you are not throwing it to Diggs, he's like, I'm not. Here's Gabriel Davis, <laughs>
0: <laughs> a Ricean Ricean night for Gabriel Davis.
1: He had four. He had four touchdown catches. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rice's uh, postseason three. But let me just, as I told the business when they said that, Jerry Rice, like, all right, all right. He still has four postseason touchdown catches. And more Super Bowl touchdown catches. He had three receiving Super Bowl, uh, uh, three Super Bowl receiving touchdowns, like three different times. Let's 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 let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. But anyway, <laughs> give give the dude give the dude his props. That's you know right. they 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 uh, Josh Allen was throwing, uh and it was a situation where the defense is looked outmatched, mm-hmm. but. The last two minutes of regulation, like it, it was twenty something points in the last two minutes. How does that even happen? <laughs> we saw it and just couldn't believe it was happening. I that that drive that the Chiefs had, the comes out, boom, and uh, the Bills get the ball with like three minutes left. I'm like, all right. That's a wrap. It gets the fourth down, and Josh Allen is from that Cam Newton, dude, uh, Scott. Like, if you're not, a, if you're a, a, a safety or a cornerback, don't even blitz them because they're not going to do nothing except make you mad.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he ran on fourth down. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the aforementioned Gabriel Davis does the shake base and gets wide open in the end zone I'm like oh okay there's 13 seconds left and you're like well not even Patrick Mahomes can do this in 30 seconds and the Bills inexplicably inexplicably kicking it for a touchback <laughs> and so I listened to the ESPN Daily podcast on Monday because they have Alex Smith come in to break stuff down Mm. and it's very very good and so he basically was like yeah Andy Reid like the Chiefs practice this like they practice what plays can we get to do this like unlike you know Dallas Uh, (laughs) they practice these scenarios what plays can we get to achieve these results and it two plays to get the field goal range mm-hmm. and again we could talk about the overtime rules it's, it's it's crappy like I don't know do, to change the rules do you just say 10 minutes and we'll just keep playing or I don't know what the what the workaround is
2: mm-hmm.
1: but look if you're the Bills like fans, NFL people, we can talk about, hey, that's unfair. If you're the Bills, I kind of don't want to hear it because 13 seconds. Like, <laughs> yeah. You, at least if you squib kick, you take off four or five of those seconds.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you limit what Kansas City could do. That's just an easy thing.
0: Even, even the Packers special teams coach was like, why didn't y'all squib kick? Yeah. <laughs> He uh, went ten men on the field out there trying to block y'all's field goal, and and and, and
1: the, yeah, the ten minutes, that was <laughs> that was Chef's kiss.
0: Clean your locker out, clean out your desk, bro. you ain't.
1: But the the thing is, everybody says prevent prevent you from from winning, but that's not always accurate because if that was the case, people wouldn't do it, right? we saw this weekend we saw the Bills doing whatever they were doing didn't work which was kind of prevent. but we also saw the Bucks blitz Matthew Stafford and leave Cooper Cup butt naked open like you know 549 niners ers against your Cowboys like for a stretch that I'm like what the hell are they doing like what? Like, whatever defense you're doing people just see Four people rush, seven men drop. And they think it's a pre fin and it, and that's kind of that's kind of lazy. But whatever the Bills are doing, it wasn't working. Yeah. And, and we can say whatever about the defense, but uh, the honey badger went out. Yeah. Early on, I think that changes things tremendously. If you lose your anchor on defense men, uh, but looking forward to the AFC Championship game, uh, I got Kansas City. It's going to be a rematch of Super Bowl 54. I don't even know. I don't keep up with the Roman numerals, But I mean. but it's going to be 49ers to Kansas City. we get revenge. We're coming back.
0: <laughs> I'm with you on the Chiefs for sure. Because this has been a good run by Cincinnati. If they had just beaten the Raiders and, and ended that drought, it would have been a successful season. They went ahead and beat the Titans as well. But to me, it's like, you know, the the Pistons had to break through against the Celtics, and it took a while. The Bulls had to break through against the Pistons, and it took a while. Cincinnati ain't just going to win their first playoff game in 30 years and waltz all the way to the Super Bowl. Not with Kansas City hosting their fourth AFC championship game at home. Been there, done that. Been to a Super Bowl, won it. Into a Super Bowl, lost it. I think it's, you know, if Cincinnati goes there and beats them, I'll be surprised because it's, you gotta, you gotta kind of take your lumps. You know, Kansas City took that lump against New England. You had D. Ford, D. Clark, D. Ford line up sides And then he went to your 49ers after that. So <laughs> you gotta, it's a process even in the NFL. So Cincinnati has, they've exceeded expectations. Look, you, you got to the playoffs and won a game check give the coach a bonus promote whoever resign whoever but I don't see them they ain't gonna parlay that into a Super Bowl run But because it ends the fun ends in Kansas City for them I think so I think it's gonna be Chiefs I'm gonna say Chiefs and Rams even though a lot of things go San Francisco's way but I'm you know I'm going Chiefs Rams
1: if the 49ers make the Super Bowl you want me sending you a t-shirt
0: I mean, you can, you can send one if you want. I mean, you, 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 I, I was just see the mail and then I'll say, okay, for the shirt. But that <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let me tell you something, Vinny. After 49ers win for the Super Bowl, I'm getting you a 49er shirt just like this and so we can match it up, baby. Oh boy, oh boy.
0: Man, the, the viral video, that was the 44 second mark if y'all have not seen it. <laughs> 49ers fans, 49ers haters, go to at 49ers. Or better yet, see Bradley Store 80 on Facebook and Twitter, probably Instagram too. Yeah, You can, yeah. See, you, you can see the latest TV clip. Well, they, they, they the 49ers said,
1: okay, Facebook, uh you know, what was your, resp- your, your response to the field goal? And I was like, oh, you know, I'll I'll send it in, you know. It got thousands and thousands of all this kind of stuff. I didn't see it originally when they put the fan video together. I saw it and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then somebody pointed out, another $40 fan was like, uh, you know, quote tweet like, well here you go, T Brown underscore 80. I'm like, what? So <laughs> I watched it and I'm like And of course the missus is like you gotta be kidding. Like <laughs> so
0: she can't talk. She the Cubs tweet her all the time. She can't say nothing.
1: <laughs> That's what I said. I said, uh, you ain't you ain't good with the Cubs. They send you stuff all the time. They tweet us uh happy marriage and all this kind
0: of stuff. Yeah. but uh, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, her pen tweet is the Wrigley Field scoreboard or whatever. And it's got Cubs, blah, 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 at Katie Cat Cubs. And she was basically tweeted, "I can die now. It's been a good run, or whatever." Because
1: <laughs> her her pin tweet is in relation to the Cubs. My pin tweet is in relation to our love to say where I fit in and this kind of thing. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. So,
1: uh, but that was cool, man, to see all the different Forty Nineers fans. It was like I said, it was on Instagram. Uh, look, the, we're just happy to be here, and like I said. I've, I've felt, and I think, you know, I've talked before, like, oh, it's not like with Rice and Young were the quarterbacks, but five NFC Championship games in 11 years is pretty good. And, uh, you know, it, it may never be like it was in the 80s, but this is a pretty good run mm-hmm. without having an elite quarterback.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: With, without having a surefire Hall of Fame quarterback uh, it's, it's been a pretty sustained run because we've kind of built off the mindset that Harbaugh brought was we're going to run the ball. Yeah. We're going to run it and run it and we've got some playmakers in space we'll get into them. We're going to run this ball and it's been a nice balance to you know, the past happy NFL. I think that's one of the fallacies that folks make about those old 49ers teams was that it was finesse. And you know, those first 49ers teams that's that's Roger Craig and Tom Rathman running like mm-hmm. Roger Craig was the first thousand yard rusher, thousand yard receiver, the same season guy, and then Marshall Falk, you know, got him down the road. So they ran the ball an awful lot, and of course, as you point out with the Ronnie Lodge, the Keenan Turner, they played hella fine defense too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, looking at you know, the quarterbacks getting all the love yes, having Joe Montana helps having Steve Young helps absolutely, but the, the, those 49er teams uh, were, were definitely more than just a finesse passing
0: team. And wasn't wasn't William Floyd the fullback after Rathman? Bar none, baby I mean, Bar that, none. Dude, that dude was bruising you know, the Cowboys went up against him, uh, Ricky Waters uh, yep. couldn't stand him with the Eagles or the Niners but he was a physical running back,
1: you know, so yeah Mm-hmm. And, and and that was the thing that I really fell in love with. Jerry Rice was about. Uh, he blocked too, and and we talk about diva receivers, but way back when, does the, the only way your running game can be great, and we've seen this in Kentucky, your receivers have to block. I don't like Michael Irvin. He's your dude, but that dude would block, like. When you see Emmitt Smith break one, okay, the offensive line does their thing, but downfield, your receivers have to buy in as well. So both of our teams were very, very physical. Of course, it was a different game back then, but it wasn't just throw the ball willy-nilly. That wasn't uh, the case uh, at at all. So going back to the AFC divisional game, Bills and Chiefs, great game we saw the homes and and josh allen played a very high level and everybody's talking about the quarterback play for me to talk about these passing numbers that we see you've got to acknowledge that the game is different because you can't tell me the Dan marino could not have operated this kind of offense you know if if, if troy aikman could have had this kind of offense you know like so i get what people are saying but you got to keep in mind when you start talking about all-time quarterbacks and, like i said the shines come off aaron Rodgers. johnny united has had a passing record touchdowns in the season that stood until Peyton Manning broke it. And Johnny United's played for the Baltimore Colts back in the 50s and 60s. So, you know, I, I think we get caught up and I see all these, these numbers of you know, passing yards and yards per catch and, or yards per attempt. You, you gotta look, cause I'm like, well, who else is on the list? Like I think I told you when you look at the the passing seasons, all time, you know, uh passing yardage guys uh for the career, you know, it's Breeze, it's it's Brady, it's also Matt Wright. You know, it's also Matthew Stafford. Like number 19 is Joe Flacco, number twenty is Kerry Collins. Yeah. And 21 is Joe Montana, and 22 is Johnny Unitas. Now, if you had to pick between those two, 18 and 19, or 19 and 20, excuse me, and 21 and 22, who are you rolling with?
2: No. Nope.
1: Your you're, you're life on the line, you are not giving it to Joe Flacco. You are not giving it to Kerry Collins. And, and so I see a lot of height building up toward Patrick Mahomes and he's great, don't get me wrong but I saw somebody tweet out like yards per attempt career and he's like at an 8 Aaron Rodgers at a 7 and then there's people after that well look at this stat, blah 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 and I forget what player was on it but I'm like if you're showing me this statistic and you've got like you know Matt Ryan on it ranked above Joe Montana, and those guys, okay. Like like football, I don't think you can do numbers like that. I think for me, football, you start ranking dudes, you gotta look at at intangibles and some other things because those passing numbers just are different. Although, when it comes to numbers, I'm gonna go with Jerry Rice all day long because the gap is so wide. And I tell
0: people all the time, passing is blown up, but I've not seen the receiver do what he does. So That's true. That is true. And you know, as far as the the passing numbers and you know, Flacco and Ryan being above Montana, what, you got Steve Atwater and got you can re-literally reroute and decapitate receivers coming off the line. Now you can't breathe on them coming off the line. Uh, it's impossible to, to guard these Stephon Diggs and do with the way the rules are. You know, you put all the receivers from back there, and if, if you hate to sound like get off my lawn. Put all the receivers from back there, the Chris Carter's and all those guys in this era where no physicality from the D.V. I mean, come on. Yeah,
1: and it's it's fair to say it was a different game. Yeah, you know, you know, yeah. baseball is probably that one universal because it, it hasn't really. changed. But, except
0: for the steroid era, yeah. and we we gonna talk about that next week because I'm yeah. here on my soapbox. I got the guests lined up talk about the Hall of Fame. That's gonna be fun, and all the shifts and stuff. Now you know yeah. shifts and all that's crazy. And, you know, you got eight guys on the right side of the field go the opposite way, but nobody wants to do that. But right,
1: because it's not sexy. Right. But but for me, football is just it, it's 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 played differently. Uh, when you go like. I, go back to YouTube and like watch old game film like quarterbacks used to just be brutalized like when, this is the anniversary of the Bears beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl and when you look back at that season the Bears dug like died starting quarterbacks out of the game like if that happened today
0: oh, no, the, the league was
1: shut down Roger Goodell would be like, no, we're not having this. Like, you
0: can't,
1: you, you can't do what they did. When you look at what Lawrence Taylor was doing to the quarterback, you can't do that now. You know, Tom Brady got bumped a little bit. His lip was bleeding. He was mad as hell. And it's like, because they don't get a hit like that. uh
0: uh-huh. I'm surprised he got the flag. But that ref was sick of him because he threw that flag up. I mean, he threw that flag high. Stick him. Shut up, Tom. Hey. But I'm, I was surprised he got it. I'm glad, you know, good for you.
1: It, it reminded me of that movie. I can't think of the name of it. But I think it's Forget Paris with uh, Billy Crystal. He stars as an NBA referee. <laughs> and he, it's a romantic comedy, I think, with Deborah Winger or whatever. He's having a bad day. And it's said in the, the movie, he's officiating Kareem's last game. <laughs> and Kareem says something to him. Boop, boop. And he throws Kareems <laughs> at the And Kareem says, "You can't do this. This is my farewell game." And he says, "Let me be the first to say farewell." (laughs) (laughs) So I'll find that clip and send it to you. That was the first thing I thought about when Tom Brady like, "You can't do this. I'm Tom Brady. This be my last game." And so it is. Oh,
0: hilarious! Hilarious, man. We done covered everything. Your your knowledge, your viral video. Kentucky beating Mississippi State. NFC Championship, AFC Championship. Kentucky at Kansas. Oh, y'all at Lawrence. What a weekend. You're going to be at Lawrence and then your Niners play the next day. So what a, a whirlwind 24, 28 hours that's going to be.
1: And I'm also going to the Drake basketball game on Sunday with yeah. Adam Jacoby. We got some VIP seats so we're going to do it there. I need something to take my mind off the game. So I'm glad our game is the is the late game. Cause uh it's gonna be it's gonna be nerve wracking. Um, I'll I'll let you know how it goes. Uh I'll try to express it when your team is in a championship game with Super Bowl on the line. I'll kinda you can you can live vicariously through me, Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> take take some notes. so you know. Like I said, I'll be disappointed, but uh, I didn't want this match because I'm like three times in one year is rough, but yeah, it, is. it is it is what it is. You got to win some tough wins to win a championship. So I've got Chiefs, I've got Niners, rematch, the Super Bowl. So let's get it, dude.
0: That's it. And we're going to talk about it all next week. Got your guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got probably Al High, who's from Kansas City, uh, part of BS3. So I hope, that, just for that sake, I hope it's. I hope y'all do win because i'm just gonna sit back and listen to you and al i'm just gonna be like this so <laughs> oh but man another fun show uh look, lots of rain watches go to always check them out as well i just gotta bring them in look go put in cats talk at the promo code get 10% off purchase appreciate everybody that listens appreciate everybody that's gonna watch this on roku thanks to bs3 thanks to matt sack thanks to utv Enjoy your sports mega weekend that's coming up, boys. It's gonna, it's gonna be fun. That's <laughs> right, baby.
1: For the bay, a oh, Facebook to the bay, baby.
0: That's right. What he said. Follow us at T Score 80 at Vinny Hardy at Cast Talk Wednesday. For TV, this is Vinny. We'll see y'all next week. For Terry Bland, this is Vinny Hardy. We'll see y'all next week, man. <laughs> <laughs>